Cripple Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability, with your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark, with Andrew Gerza, shining a bright light on sex and disability. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners. Thank you so much for clicking on our 14th Minnesota. I can't believe we already have had enough content for 14 weeks of Minnesota. That's amazing. And I really, really appreciate you writing in and telling me your disabled stories and allowing me to read them back and speculate hilariously about your disabled experience. I think this is a really cool way to build community and build some buzz for the show. Of course, your favorite podcast. Um, So, for the Minnesota this week, I'm going to do a couple of emails from the vault that I haven't yet really touched on that people sent to me a while ago, and I wanted to make sure I got to because there are a few. So, I picked two that I want to focus on, and let's get to them right now. Minnesota 14, here we go. The first one I want to read comes from my friend Aaron, who wrote me about a month and a half ago when I asked you to write in your funny sex stories for Minnesota number seven. Keep sending me your, your funny sex stories. They're hilarious, and I fucking love doing all of them. So send me more hilarious sex stories. They also don't have to be hilarious. They can be, you know, serious, and they can deal with ableism, and they can deal with disability stuff. Whatever you are feeling around sexuality and disability, or disability in general, just send it in, and I will do my best to do it justice. But this one comes from my friend Aaron, and he he wrote in to me, and I wanted to read this one out. So he says, funniest sex I've had as a disabled person. And so as soon as I saw that, I was like, I'm ready for this, yes. He goes, I'm Aaron, a cis man with Duchenne muscular dystrophy. So basically, the only position me and my partner can fuck in is with me riding her cowgirl, and sometimes she likes to use the Hitachi magic wand so she can come while she rides me. Amazing. Amazing. I'm already having amazing visuals of that happening. I cannot use a toy like that because of my disability, so yay that she can. Awesome. He then continues, one particular day... She was taking a little longer to come, and the thing with magic wands is they can get quite hot after a while. Oh no, what's gonna happen? (sighs) So as she was coming, just when the magic wand was getting too hot against my crotch, so as she was screaming with pleasure, I was screaming, Ow, it's burning me! So she immediately hopped off me, her orgasm was cut short, and I had gone soft. Oh no, I can just imagine, like, I've always had this weird fantasy about hot wax, but I now I don't think I ever want to do that because, ow, burned, burned cock is not my thing. Um, sorry that that happened to you. He continues, also, she got a hip, a hip cramp from, <laughs> from hopping off of me. So while she was working out her cramp and I was laying there burnt and limp, we determined our sex life was like the Benny Hill show. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah, yeah, I can just picture it. I can just picture, like... You and Stewie from Family Guy running around in a circle, giggling with your burnt limp dick 
in with wheelchairs involved. He continues, we laughed about that and then continued fucking without the magic wand. LOL. Okay, so pro crip sex tip. Don't burn your genitals. I mean, that's a pro sex tip anyway, but especially when you're when you're crippled or disabled, don't maybe don't use the hot wand on your genitals because what if you can't? Like I was, I'm reading that and I'm thinking, what if you can't? Like, what if you couldn't get up in time? What if like you? What if like it really hurts you? And what if you're unable to like? I don't know the level of your disability, but if you're unable to um, move the wand away from yourself, what if it was burning you and you didn't realize for a longer period of time and you really hurt yourself? So, <laughs> and then I'm picturing your partner hopping up and down from a hip cramp at the same time while you're trying to like lick your wounds and not be not have a burnt cock. It is pretty hilarious. The visual is pretty funny. Um... Aaron, thank you so much for sending that in. I wonder if the Hitachi wand should have a disclaimer that they get hot. Do they have one? I've never used a magic wand before. They should have a disclaimer that's like, yo, this wand gets really hot. Also, if you're unable to move the wand from your skin, don't use it. If you're super sexy and disabled, don't use this wand if you can't move it yourself. Maybe. And then I got an email just this past week that I wanted to do because it was totally different from any any kind of Minnesota suggestion that I've had before, um, any kind of thing like that that I have ever had. And it was really, really different and really, really focused on accessibility in a really different way that I wanted to kind of talk about. And so the email is from someone named Erin, and, and she says, Hi, Andrew. I love your show. My Minnesota suggestion is about how museums succeed and fail at accommodating people with disabilities. That's the truth. They certainly do both of those things, and sometimes they do both of those things at, at the same time. Um, she continues, As a new museum professional, I'm curious, are you a curator? Are you, a, uh, are you one of those awesome people? Are you a tour guide? What, what type of museum professional are you? So she says, I can attest, as a, museum, as a new museum professional, I can attest to the desire of many museums in the USA and Canada to welcome all visitors and uphold the rule of museums as being inherently for the public. I'm sure they have the desire, but oftentimes they don't know how to, to, to make that desire and accessibility come together. They don't know how to marry the two things. Oftentimes, she says, however, lack of funding, committee management style, and preservation of historic buildings can get in the way of this goal. Totally. There's so often lack of funding for the, for the arts, working in the arts and trying to get grants for things like that, for, for arts projects and stuff like that can be really hard. So I can only imagine the kind of funding you need to do to get, to make accessibility a priority for sure. And I know having run smaller events and have that, that have nothing to do with museums, just getting any kind of funding is really hard. Um, committee management style. I would hope that many committees try to include the voices of people with disabilities when they're building their committees. And are, um, these museum committees that, that look at funding and look at all these things should probably have a team of disabled people 
um, available to them so that they can can understand what accessibility means and how that feels and all those things. And of course, the tough the toughest thing I think about this is the preservation of historic buildings can get in the way of the goal of wanting to make everything for the public, and that's true. How do we how do we include accessibility needs without damaging the historic the historical relevance of these buildings and these artifacts and all these things? How do we make sure that it's accessible but also maintains its historical integrity? So she says, what are your experiences with museums and what do you think should be improved? One of my experiences with museums that I'll never ever forget was I was in Paris in 2013 with my mom. She took me to Paris for her 60th birthday. We went as a gift to her. All of us went. And I'd never been to Paris. And I love Europe. And I've never, I've, I've only ever been to Paris, but I f- immediately fell in love with Paris. And she said to me, let's go to the Louvre. And I was like, okay, amazing. And so I, we went into the Louvre. And I remember I wanted to see the Mona Lisa because I'd never seen the Mona Lisa before. And I wanted, I really wanted to go see it because it, I was like, this is a famous art thing. I want to say that I was there. Yeah, yeah. And they have a rule with the Mona Lisa that you, can, you can't get super close to it. There's a super, there's a, there's a velvet line that you can't cross. And so I stopped at the line and one of the, one of the people saw me there and opened one of the, the museum people opened the, the line for me and let me go through. And basically, I could almost touch the Mona Lisa. Of course, I didn't, but I could almost touch her. And I thought that was really cool. And I think the only reason that I could get that close was because I was disabled. And I, th- I, I really, really think that um, many of the museums... And I looked up some of the museums just around the world, like the MoMA and some museums in the UK. And they all have accessibility guidelines on their website because it's it's you know the appropriate thing to do to have those guidelines available the trouble is getting those guidelines to happen in practical terms so i think museums really need to hire a team of disabled curators and a team of disabled liaisons that can walk that can can guide funding committees and guide um, museum management to make things more accessible and also guide just museum goers on how disability would be affected there within that that place. But I I love museums. I think museums are one of the places where I'd love to take a boy for a date, but I'm always worried about accessibility. And so I think that we should be consulting more with disabled people on on accessibility in the in these cultural avenues so that we can all experience them together. P.S. If you want to go on a date with me, invite me out to a museum. I'll nerd right out. And we'll probably make out in front of some famous artifact, but I'm down with that. You can straddle my wheelchair while we look at some cool art, right? That's cool. Um, Aaron, I hope my suggestions answered your question, and thank you so much for writing in. Okay, so that's the Minnesota right there. A tiny little morsel of Disability After Dark awesomeness before our full show on Friday. I love getting these letters from you. Thank you so much for writing in. Please flood the inbox with all your stories about disability. I love the Minnesota so, so much, and I'd love to hear from you. So you can send them to 
disabilityafterdark at gmail.com and tell me all your tell me anything you want and I'll make it a minisode. Friday's episode will be jam packed. I'm so excited. It's almost a two hour episode. I did an interview with actor AJ Murray who's been on Speechless, who's been on um, Drunk History. Such a fantastic interview, and I'm so excited for you to hear. So stay tuned for that, and thank you for listening to the Minnesota. Bye! Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations with music by Chris Ujiuchi. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright, Crippled Content Creations, 2018.